The Book Thingo podcast is a lively discussion about romance books, culture, and thruples. Sarah and my audio producer, Rudy, join us for episode 55, recorded in Sydney. Book Thingo would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which this episode was recorded, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We also acknowledge the contributions of Australia's Indigenous people to our shared literary heritage. Welcome to the book. Welcome back to the Book Thingo podcast. I'm Kat Mayer from bookthingo.com.au, an Aussie blog for romance readers. Before I introduce today's guest, I wanted to let you know that there's a change in our podcasting schedule. New episodes will now be released on Wednesdays instead of Mondays. This is because Jodie is back on the blog with her Bachi in Paradise recaps. These are epic and worth a read, even if, like me, you don't actually watch reality TV. Now, on to today's podcast guest. I met Sarah through our librarian Vasiliki, who was a podcast guest on episode 50. Vasiliki knew that Sarah and I both loved romance books and organized for us to have a meet cute at the library. Sarah joined the Book Thingo podcast to share her love of non-traditional relationships in romance novels. And she brought Rudy with her because if we're going to do an episode about threesomes, it makes sense to have a third person along for the ride. You can find information on the titles and authors we talk about in this episode by going to bookthingo.com.au slash podcast and clicking on episode number 55. Okay, um, you can tell how fucking sad I felt for you and your busy day, Kat, because I actually, um, you had, what was your request for, like, I asked if you wanted anything organised. Vodka. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Oh, is this why when I showed up you weren't here? Oh my God. I do suspect one of my drinks last night was alcoholic because the person who handed it went, I don't drink cocktails, but if I did, I'd try this one as they handed it to me. And I went, should I clarify if she meant mocktail or yeah. not? And then I drank it. But uh, she, that person knew when years ago that I didn't drink. So this can be really forgot. dangerous because the last time I was podcasting, not in my... You were punch the... drunk <laughs> as opposed to like this time you'll be proper drunk. <laughs> it's just an episode of Drunk History, but drunk romance novels. Also, I haven't eaten. So this is like... Oh, on I mean, we've got stuff. donuts. Donuts. They are to share. I didn't just buy them all for no, me. No, I have to. Oh, my God. It's strong. We're going to be talking about threesomes, so you should be getting loose. That, that was my thought. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm now sitting here going, shit, I don't remember any books that I've read. What are they I called? Will, well, I was going to start by asking you, Sarah. I'm um, scrolling through my Kindle right now. Because you've got very specific kind of taste as, as far as non-traditional. Threesomes? Yeah, like, yeah. I broadly read the romance genre as long as there's sex, preferably non-vanilla. But what I like across the board is a here, happily ever after. So um, you've been using here and it throws me every time because yeah. I just say H-E-A. I could, I could say H-E-A if you want, but here just is what is in my head. So um, I like a happily ever after. So there was one that I think Kat actually recommended and I read it and I had the two brothers. It did end happily without spoilers, but... It didn't end in a threesome happily. So for me, if it's a threesome, preferably MMF, 
MMF is different to MFM in that the two males in it also have a sexual relationship. So it's just a bisexual. Yeah, fest. like the, the dudes touch their sexual with each other as yeah. well as Whereas it's if, nothing. It's not like the woman is a conduit for their sexual explorations. Exactly. And MFM or FMF generally implies the middle letter is the person the middle... who touches everyone. Yeah, and keeping the other two apart. They're just there. Not so much, I think, an FMF. Yeah, so I prefer a threesome to end with, like, a love fest. Everyone's together, and if it was legal to get married, they'd get married, and they're going to have kids, but I don't like it when, like, they pair off or they go their separate ways. And the third person, like, they leave because they've done their job in bringing yeah, the main just, two together. They bow out gracefully and there's no drama or the little drama gets resolved and they're all BFFs or brothers. Well, actually, so that book is The Boys Next Door by Miranda Silva. There's actually a sequel. I haven't exactly. read the sequel. Well, it hasn't oh, no, come out it's, yet. It's still, yeah. I'm not exactly sure. I'm assuming the sequel is happen. The Other Brother's Story. So am I. But See, the extract I read was from her point of view, so I'm not 100% sure where I, that's going. I just assumed that it would further develop her relationship with the one brother she chose, I guess, because I just was like, I don't believe in why... books that go past, if it's telling the same love story over more than one book. I generally don't believe in those books. They yeah, don't okay, exist Gabby. for me. How dare you? <laughs> How very dare you? What's your position on the horse bronzeman? <laughs> bronze horse dude. I believe I'm the person who coined the term bronze horse dude. And I have said to Gabby I will read it if she reads, what, 20 novellas of our choosing. Mm. She refused yeah. to do that as long as I refused to call it what she claims is the correct name. I mean, if Paulina Simons wants to come at me and tell me that I've given it the wrong name, fine. Yeah, no, I remember that conversation because I had been saying I... I'm only reading novellas at the moment. I Which just don't I, have the I mostly read novellas, for. yeah. I don't, because I mostly read on my phone. So when I read, I'm not there for the long haul. I don't even like to watch movies yeah. anymore <laughs> as much. And and so I read novellas. I read a lot of novellas. I mean, last year I read 120-something books. Most of them were probably novellas. Yeah. That and um, LeVar Burton reads, which I'm sure people will claim doesn't count, but... Me listening to him read short stories counts as me reading. <laughs> so you've you've talked about what kinds of books you don't like. Is there yeah. any that kind of really stand out that do the MMF? I've read a few books by this writer, but she doesn't do threesomes. Like there's this really long series by Lorelai James called Rough Riders. Like oh, it's yeah, really I've long. Of that series. Oh, because it's probably been going since the dawn of romance. Um, <laughs> okay. It's. I'm just trying to look on Goodreads to see how many books are in it. But early on in the series, you meet two rodeo guys on the circuit. They travel with the hero as a threesome, but they're not a threesome. Turns out, the two guys they hook up, and one of them will occasionally join the hero to have threesomes. But like. There's no, like, sexual thing between them. They're, like, the MFM. But there's two two of those guys. And they get introduced that way. And by the end of that book, they go their own separate ways because they're, like, a, a background plot, I guess. And then it comes a book where one of them is married to a woman. And um, in that book, the guy he'd been with shows up again. He'd been pretty hardly identified in the first book as being gay. He'd occasionally join in... But he was only there to be with the other guy. 
in the the first book or to be in the same room with the other guy and so they join up and they end up becoming it's it's really if you're not really into like really graphic sex or whatever and you're not a page skipper then it's probably not for you but they end up becoming a pretty solid threesome I think and I like that I like the love aspect as much as like I don't read erotica I read romantica but I think there are currently 23 works and 16 primary works in the Rough Rider, according to Goodreads. Oh, yeah, so it it's literally was from books. the dawn of time. Yep. Rough, raw, and ready. Rough, so raw, that's and the ready. one where the threesome, they get together. But you're introduced to most of the characters, I think, in Long Hard Ride, which is actually the first book. I don't always read in order. I often discover a book and then read. Oh, my order. God. I'm exactly the I'm same. The same. And, like, I'm so prone to skipping books in series. Part of it comes from being somebody who was, like, a as a kid, I got most of my romance novels from libraries. So yeah. whatever was on the shelf was what I read. And, and I, I did not care series. about series. Like, I started romance really young. Not long after I started reading because I was quite, being dyslexic, quite a late reader. But I started with Mills and Boone, so I didn't really read series. And I know you get series in Mills and Boone, but it's not like my mum was buying the books new. She was getting the books for 10 or 20 cents at the op shops in the market. So it was like very rare that I would read a book and be like, oh yeah, I read the other book. I read this guy's brother's story. So I didn't start reading series until I started going to the library and probably Vasiliki era was mm. when I started reading. But back to that other one, it was book one where they, they're introduced, but not to book five until you get the threesome. And that was probably my first threesome that I read. Mine was Menage by Emma Holly, but I think I don't that, think I've read that, that one. ended with a couple. It sort of ended with a couple, but the implication was that they were always open for yeah. the third guy to sort of visit. And Emma Holly did a lot of books like that where there's a lot of sexual experimentation that goes on, um, particularly oh, the heroine. Have you read this one, Menage? That one I haven't read, but so I've heard about. She actually walks in on the two guys having sex. And that that's happens how in she... the Rough Riders. Oh, okay. This Sorry one, I think, off. the guy who didn't end up in the in the sort of pairing, like the the guy who ended up being the sort the of spare wheel, the friend. Yeah. For me, I was a bit younger when I read it, so I might might not see it the same way anymore. But she kind of made it out like he actually didn't want to be in a committed relationship because he was sort of footloose, fancy free, and he didn't want to be tied down so it kind of was a happy ending for him in that sense even though they weren't like a threesome together yeah this is such a I just remembered that I have a friend who describes the third person in the threesome who's like not really part like not going to get the happily ever after type thing as um the sandwich guy so it's the <laughs> it's the one who they finish and go and make themselves a sandwich or go and make everybody a sandwich is the ideal <laughs> Because they're not actually <laughs> necessary. Oh. And I think yeah, that's the saddest the part. Like, side. yeah, the ideal as far as these types of romance novels go is that everybody is actually mm. necessary and it's it's a weaker book if one of them leaves. Like if yeah. one of them's not involved, it's a weaker relationship. I don't want a spare wheel, which is like plenty of people love that. That's great. For me, I think I read romance as much for the exploring sex uh, but as exploring different ways to love people because not everyone is going to want to love a third person or a second person although you should always love yourself so really a third person but it's a way to explore that dynamic without actually being in that dynamic 
the spare wheel is just not for me because I just don't have any interest in it as a reader. And then they usually get their own book and then it's sort of, well, it's, it's sad because you like, were those people not the love of your life? Yeah. Why were you there then? <laughs> yeah. I will say Abigail Barnett does the third wheel quite well. I guess they're an exception. Have you read um, The Submission Gift by Solace Ames? No. I think I might have it on my phone. So that one has a threesome happy ending and it's very interesting because the main couple, I believe, are already married when the book starts. Yeah, that's the same as the Rough Riders one. And then they hire essentially a male escort because she's into being dominated but he's not into dominating. Plus, he has a back problem. Like, the husband has a back problem. So there are Which certain very sexual realistic. positions that he couldn't, like, do for her. So then this other guy was really there to satisfy the sexual desires that each of them had that the other couldn't fulfill because the husband also was into having sex with men. So I thought that was interesting. But the thing with this book is I've just read all the dirty bits. I haven't actually properly read the story. So I'm not sure if the story itself is good. Sometimes you just want to read the dirty bits. And I mean, that's an okay way to read things. Also, sometimes I skip the dirty bits and just read the... Because some writers write really good like mm. sexual tension and they're really good relationships. But when they go to write sex, it's just like yeah, a completely different person overtook their body and wrote <laughs> And you're just like, oh, you didn't get published on this part. <laughs> Especially if it's marketed as erotic romance where the erotica is the selling point or like the kink is the selling point, mm. then I read the kink and I go, is this... Is this well written? Because that's your marketing this like, point, right? And then yeah. maybe the story is not as well written, but, you know, they never told me the story was going to be very strong. Like, mm. But if if you're selling the kink and the sex scenes and the sex scenes are pretty average, I'm not going to read the rest of it. It's not going to be much better. And also make sure you keep track of people's limbs so they don't <laughs> suddenly get a third foot <laughs> or hand. There's a really good scene in um, the Diary of a Cool Girl. And they turned it into a TV series with Billy Piper. Yeah. There's a good scene where she's like, they literally show the sex scene she's writing, and then suddenly there's an extra limb, <laughs> and she's really snapped out of it. And it's really funny because you're like, yeah, no, that does happen, and that happens a lot, and people really need to like keep an eye on that when they're writing sex scenes because. I'm sure there's been like a million books where I've read. He's got hands on each of her boobs and a hand on her butt. But they haven't mentioned him having an additional arm. So I don't understand where this is coming from. Second penis is good. Hey, <laughs> yeah. um, what's a diphalic? Is it diphalic? It's literally got a name because it's actually yeah. a thing. No, it is an actual thing. But it's also a book that Kat raves about. Nicholas um, called by Nicholas. Elizabeth Amber. And it's hands down one of the worst totally, things I've ever read. Yeah, it's really <laughs> Not well, like written. Joey W. Hill with the other oh, mermaid thing that one turns into like a feather bed, mermaid for her to have sex on because it's a it's a mermaid and an angel, and there's um, a creature that turns into a bed or some sort of pallet yeah. so they can lie down and have sex, and that's a right. sacrifice. So, Kat's which giving... I think counts as a threesome. <laughs> so, Cat's giving us this weird look when Sarah, Gabby, and I became friends. Gabby had this book. And because she she talked up Joey W Hill like you would not fucking believe. Gabby <laughs> has talked up books that have ended up being quite entertaining. 
I think the thing with Gabby's recommendations that I really enjoy is that they're so batshit, like always and consistently. She's not always aware how batshit they are. (laughs) No. So she went, she was like, you guys have to read Joey W. Hill. And then the book that she gave us as the example (laughs) of Joey W. Hill was Mermaid's Kiss. But this is, this is like one of the books that bonded us. My memory of it is, and I'm sure someone will correct us, probably Gabby, because she probably reads it monthly. I believe the creature like sensed their sexual need and their need for a surface. Then he drops his, and she's like, oh, it's okay. It sacrificed itself. And I'm sure he drops his feathers at that point and make it a feather bed, which would have just been messy because there's nothing holding the feathers together. It's out there. I'm going to have to read that book and maybe add it to my passion collection. Have you read any <laughs> other Joey W. Hill books? Uh, well, I've read the Dirty Bits in Natural Law and I've read the Dirty Bits in <laughs> The Vampire Queen Servant, but that book was just way too intense. I think if you weren't able to read Natural Law in full, it, she's probably not an author for you. That's well, like I hands mean, down her best That's her best, her best right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the sex scenes. Actually, um, because we, we spoke about it for the Valentine's episode and I took a look back and it's it there are certain aspects of it that do not hold up. Okay. <laughs> but I think it was quite revolutionary at the time that it came out. Oh, yeah. And then also just like the other, the other thing that I noticed was that my biggest issue at the time was that I just kept being like, there's so many props. <laughs> like, I don't know what this shit is. What, like sex toys like, and paraphernalia. He's like tied up to so many different yeah, things at so that. many different points. And I'm like, okay, but do you ever just, there's a scene, there is a scene where they have a picnic and she gives him a blowjob and it's a real power move. And it's sort of within like the rest of the book, it was it's the most stripped back kind of scene between the two of them. And it's my favorite scene between the two of them because it's simple. Yeah. And like, it's not kind of caught up in all of the, like there, there's a very definitive game that's going on, but it's, yeah, it's the, it's the props and the paraphernalia and it was all a bit overwhelming, which like, maybe that's just, I'm too vanilla for it, but like, None of this is about threesomes. Okay, we'll get back to threesomes. I just, you know. Like, do you realise what you've been brought in for? <laughs> Look, I'm... I've I'm... actually read a book you've that had book? eight people wow. in, and they, every year they get together for basically sort like of... Like an orgy. No hold, holds but Kind of. It's more, it's not so much that they all have sex in the one room together. It's more... It's like a swingers weekend? Yeah. It's, they're on vacation. They can hook up with each other or hook up with other people people they meet and bring them in and stuff and and then the 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 plot revolves around this the heroine who is in a in a relationship with her boyfriend who doesn't know about this dirty weekend and she kind of brings him along like it's not the best written book i've ever read the sex scene's pretty hot <laughs> and that's the only reason i've kept is it the pub no it was oh. uh it might have been stuff. published under a sort of erotica imprint yeah um but that ended with so it, it was really strange because so the boyfriend came along he's a little bit not too sure and then just a coincidence his ex-girlfriend happened to like turn up to the resort and then became sort of invited into some sexual um, situations with a couple of the other guys who are part of 
the heroine's core group. Anyway, you can't imagine the conversation you get when you show up at the game. You're like, so honey, I just, <laughs> well, I just it... need to let you know that uh, this is a clothes optional weekend and also it's a sleeping with your partner optional yeah, weekend. Yeah, I, I, but I, yeah, so yeah, that was a bit awkward. But also I really like the fact that the heroine knew that it was important to her and so she couldn't really commit to marrying her boyfriend until she could tell him about it and that he could accept it. Yeah, I'd want to spring it on him before you got there. <laughs> I know. I mean, <laughs> like I said, I skimmed the plot. I can't remember if she properly told him before he got there. And I think he sort of, my impression was that he got this sort of idea that it would be more fun for him as well. And then once he was in the situation where you would have to see your girlfriend having sex with other people, then it, he was kind of a bit like not sure. And then Yeah, and men often end up being the third wheel there's usually more of them like yeah. if you look at sex clubs and stuff well a standard rule in swingers clubs all around the world single men aren't allowed in but if you're a man you have to go on a couple right. but single women are and that's because there'd be too many men if you let single men in but also there's just too many men with just partners i don't know how they'd go if you were in a menage and you all showed up and you're like yeah these are my two boyfriends but generally i think there's more call for women in those situations. So men often so will I find themselves the... standing in the room watching other people fucking and being I think like, the See, and had sandwich guys. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, does anybody need water? A towel maybe? <laughs> some condoms? Some lube? Anything? Just let me know if I could get my dick sucked at some point. Yeah. Nice. So someone who, who does kind of orgies and things quite well, and I know, I know that neither of you have read, is Kit Rocha. I've started... Have you? Yeah, Which I just one? get distracted a lot. Can I just tell you to like she, actually it's just, just been get... spoken up to but me like, so much that I'm worried. But like what's really cool about Beyond Jealousy is they really are it's it's MMF and they really are stronger as a like the relationship is stronger with all three of them in it and it sincerely doesn't work if one of them is not sort of part of that and you know that that's the case because at different points in previous books they have actually paired up and those relationships have imploded so like all three of them have had the hots for each other but it's not until beyond jealousy happens that they decide all three of them are going to be involved yeah like the puzzle is essentially requires three pieces it's called beyond jealousy and it's book four in the beyond series a lot of people, whenever I talk about Kit Rocha, say something to the effect of, oh, yeah, I tried to read Beyond Shame, which is the very first book. It didn't work for me, whatever. So they stopped. Same and, same. like, in absolute honesty, it didn't work for me either. And then, But I'd bought the bundle. So I had two more books to get through and no data on my phone or laptop to try other books. So I just kept reading. And by the second book... Which also has, like, there's a main couple, but within very sort of specific circumstances. Because Dallas doesn't actually want to share, like, with anybody ever. But he knows that that's not, that's not how she rolls. Like, she, she is somebody who's very solidly polyamorous. She needs to play with other people. So they will occasionally invite other people in. And Noelle is one of her regular, like, they've got a genuine emotional and sexual mm-hmm. connection. So Noelle is part of that. And it's funny with the threesomes that I've read, and I'm relatively new to reading the threesomes, even though it's what I've wanted to read, the MMFs usually, 
because I struggle, like with porn, I struggle to assume when it's two women hooking up unless it's written by someone I know is queer and that's probably just really judgmental of me. I struggle, even though I know the romance genre and the erotica genre is not for the male gaze, I just struggle. Because with porn, you're just like, they're not necessarily by actors. They're performing. Like, if you type in lesbian porn... It's for men. It's for men. I know a lot of lesbian women who actually watch gay male porn because it's inherently queer, whereas lesbian porn, unless it by certain productions, very small productions, very niche productions that not, aren't necessarily widely available, it's very femme women who may be bi in real life, but just like a lot of the guys in gay porn are straight in real life, I think. That is to say with books, I'm the same. I just get, I can't quite get into it. But at the same time, I can read romances between two women and fully get on with it. I think it's because there's that third male in the room where I'm like, this is just a show for him. This is why I read MMF, like, which I'm sure is a wrestling genre as well. But, yeah. But if you wanted to get back to other books, I can make, can talk about others. Yeah, I mean, like, if you've got others that you think do it really well. Our Little Secret from the Finding Forever book series, which I haven't read anymore, so I don't know if it's... It's by Rebecca Rain with an E on the end, so R-A-I-N-E. And it's about this woman, she's leaving a company where she, I think she works as an accountant, and two guys own it. It's like a construction architecture company. Turns out they're in a relationship, and she really liked one of them, but the other was standoffish and blah, blah, blah. Somehow they take her out to dinner and they proposition her because she's no longer working for them. Apparently they've wanted a third in their relationship for a really long time. And I think it's set in New Zealand. So that one, this one was them. done well? This one was done well. Okay. And she even comes out to her parents. Like, I mean, it's a very short timeline. And she moves into their apartment with them into their bedroom. And I was like, oh, this is not realistic because I have a two-bedroom flat for one person <laughs> and you've got a, like a one-bedroom flat for three people? Nah, nah, bro. Nah. But, you know, good for her if that's what she... Actually, so I have two... So there was a book that was an ad on another podcast. So I bought it and it was so fucking disappointing. It was oh. like a, a compendium kind of thing of 25. It's like, here on to cover, 25 breathtaking bad boys. And there is a – and this one got me in that it wasn't good. These two guys, it was not clear at the start but then later became clear. It's like secret – like it was about cops. Like all the guys are in law enforcement in some way or in the military. In this story, they were both like seals or something and apparently they fucked in their spare time when they were bored and they decided to bring a woman in on it. But it was like almost like a no homo, there's no one around so we're just going to fuck each other. And I well, just... there's nothing more straight than fucking a man, like men <laughs> yeah. fucking each other. No, it's like... it's definitely nothing more masculine than men fucking it's another man. It's that thing of like, yeah, like you win sex against a man. I'm pretty sure it's in this. It's this woman, this guy shows up, he's the cop and he's going to strain things up. He shows up at this farm where women are sent by their partners to be milked and to be bred. And there's this big milking machine they all get like latched onto. Do you mean like lactating women? Is this what we, is that what you mean by milked? Yeah. Yeah, But made to lactate if they're not naturally lactating and they're just set up in a barn like animals. So like they're fed hormones to. Yeah. Something, but some of them are pregnant. Okay. And they're part, and it, and he like breaks because he sent this sacrificial woman, and she's got this big like dripping breasts, and she'll be punished. She won't be able to be milked if he, 
And obviously, if you've ever breastfed, I haven't. But my understanding is there are times where it is absolutely agony. If you are in constantly trying to be milked, it's painful because yeah. that milk will not stop running because your your body thinks that it needs to produce oh, it more. It sounds like agony, and this was terrible. But like her punishment was if he wouldn't do stuff to her, I think it's been a while since I read it, she wouldn't be milked. Oh, so mastitis for her. So she'd be like left to just build up milk. But anyway. So this is where he needs to like torture pull a porn. Sandra Brown and just like suckle her. <laughs> I think he does. I think okay. he does suckle her. I say Sandra Brown, that's the only one book that I've ever read by her. Authors have actually tasted breast milk because it does not taste like the milk from know, the supermarket. Do you know what? It just like does not. It doesn't, it doesn't even smell like the milk. Does well, it taste like cantaloupe juice? I don't know. Because I, haven't... I watched Friends and that's how they described it one time. I can't remember. What is cantaloupe? Is that oh, zucchini? Um, no. No. It does not taste like fruit. I can zucchini? tell you that much. <laughs> But then the other series I'm kind of getting to is Brothers in Arms by Samantha Kane, which is a historical series, and it's all dudes who've been off to a war that is currently escaping me, and they seek out, obviously, because, you know, a lot of male-on-male action happens at war. But I'm trying to work out which war is. I've read one a couple. I've read one, and then I've read, like, a, a 1.5 or something that wasn't really romance. Actually, and this is... It's not actually MMF or a threesome now that I think about it, but Rose Lerner did this really lovely um, short story on novella. It's part of an anthology where her hero, who's bisexual, he wins a woman that he's been kind of in lust for and in love with for ages. He wins her from her husband or partner or whatever the fuck he is in a poker game and he's really uncomfortable with the concept except then like that happens a lot in historical yeah but because it's rose learner and she's like actually fucking amazing their heroine like this is a thing that she gets her dude to organize like she consistently she arranges for him to lose her to somebody else and she always picks the person that she is sort of lost to and she makes that really clear like once he once they kind of are alone and he's like, I'm so sorry, this is like really degrading and I really, this is awful. She's like, no, 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 this is very much the plan. Like I chose you and I chose the situation and this is what it's meant to be. He's kind of recovering from like a thwarted love with his best friend, his male best friend, who's still kind of competing with the heroine for the hero's affection. And it's all... Look, I, I think that you might actually be really into it. Um, Send me the deets. I will. Um, the Brothers in Arms set during the like post-Napoleonic Wars and they're all veterans. And there was one I was reading, which I think was the setup to, it wasn't a romance itself, but it was the setup to the two guys' romance and then eventually their romance with the woman, which will probably only be the one book. And it was, they got a sex worker to come in and they MFM'd her. But then it was kind of like... Like, oh, if we touch dicks, it wouldn't necessarily be terrible. Wouldn't be the worst thing. And then I think the the next book is probably going to be them, like, having got together and now looking for their third. And I think for some of them it's just to make their relationship look respectable and not suspicious. And for others it's because they genuinely want a third. In the end, I think they all fall in love. But Do you know what I I find really interesting? Because I think that it just hasn't been quite as well thought out as it should be. Authors like L. Kennedy have written 
a lot of MFM. And so she's got she's got entire series I tried where one of hers and it didn't work for me. But like she often has her main couple, her hero and heroine, and then like one of her heroines will be kind of would actually be quite keen to like maybe have a threesome with a second dude. How good would that be? And he will gift her that. Okay, so that one I, I with can like yeah. but like gift her that with like one of his friends. And so then But I think that's hot because he chooses someone that he trusts. Yeah. But then like and so that's like one book and it's it I think that was like the first book in a trilogy and then it happens again in the second trilogy with a different friend because his mate is in a committed relationship so he can't be brought in to like fuck some chick and then you get to the third guy and like presumably he would also like to do that one time but both of his friends are in relationships yeah. now <laughs> and so it's, like, it's like oh shit how do I what do I do and Nicholas your favorite mm-hmm. cat that's like that is a problem of that book because by the time you get to the third heroine she just like how does she get she can't have sex with her like hero's two brothers because they're all they've yeah. got heroin i did ask someone who had read the second book whether there was that massive orgy at the end where everybody has to fuck her so that they know where she is did yeah. they do that well so like it... i don't know because i know i, I don't think read they it do i think it was just the first one and then i think the second and th- you know the subsequent brothers were more respectable but like that's such a fucking plot flaw but also because... i'm not gonna read books two plus <laughs> not even to find out because it's so bad it's so bad and i those fucking like (laughs) irid those sentient forms that rose from the iridescent fucking i like they were bizarre for one because they're like these he fucks mist (laughs) don't you fuck mist they're sentient though (laughs) anyway but like the way that his the way that his penis works um, my best description of it is this. It, like, Don't the knock the one, double pain, please. The second one, because there's his regular like one that most most human males have. And then there was the second one that goes like this. And then like, and then it retracts later and it's like. And it only happens like during his fertile yes. time, right? Yeah. He's, he's, it's. And then. Yeah. And then the tongue comes out. Yes. To clean so up. The, yeah. And like it just because of course it's a tongue. Oh, I think it's the most feminist thing about this book. But... And actually, the reason I love it, despite the fact that the rest of the book is bananas and the writing is pretty not that good, Average. is that it doesn't just use standard porn tropes. It actually tries something new that is there for the female pleasure. Cat, yes. so explain explain the, the <laughs> I can't thing. explain anything. No, explain the oh, tongue. Oh, okay. Thing. Well, so during his fertile time. During the hero's Watch. fertile time where he has two penises. I don't really know why you need a penis in the butt to be fertile. But anyway. so That's where the uterus is, Gab. That's, you obviously went to Catholic school. No, and it's really hard. Right now. I've like, had a shitty education. I'm so embarrassed. You're um, Catholic school. <laughs> and then he's like hard pretty much for like, what, 24 hours or something? Yes. For hours. Hours and hours. So because this obviously causes discomfort for the woman this little protrusion comes out and I imagine it like a tongue but sort of like a devil's tail and it basically licks and cleans up after itself and heals all the abrasions that happen when they're vigorously fucking so that she's ready for the 
for the next round of fertile fucking. See, now you've changed the way that you describe This that. is how I imagine it. No, I know. But you have very genuinely changed the way you described it because every time up until now that you've ever told me about it, you've used the word wound instead of abrasion and it's the least <gasps> sexy word because every time it sounds fucking traumatic. Yeah. cleans up after the wounds and then because it heals as it goes along like by the time it's, yeah by the time it's finished she's like turned on again ready for another round but also just the idea of a penis having a tongue is very like it's conceptually very disturbing <laughs> where does the tongue come from i can't I don't, remember well like i don't know i don't quite I does it come from his ass really... <laughs> that's kind of how i imagined it I thought it came out of the dick did it come from the dick i, don't I have know. to read it again i'm so confused now I have actually an ex I extract was... of this on Instagram. So you were just about to say I have an ex who had one of these. And I, <laughs> I have it on in print. I, I can't just search for it in my Kindle. Do and... you want to search in mine? No, it's okay. okay. I, I have anyway. an extract. <laughs> but like, so those situations where it's like MFM and like one of, you know, the, the sandwich guy gets his own book <laughs> and then guy. and then he has an mfm situation and then like they run out of spare guys and like then you've got to bring in like a proper it's just bad serious playing. random and um it's bad planning like follow the women at least that's that's my argument you know what you I'm should making. do in the first book you should have like a random drifter sandwich guy and then like no sorry this is a psa for ba- me don't fuck drifters no no don't like drifter drifters. that they know but like doesn't stay Sorry, I, I guess no. <laughs> Thank you for that safety warning, Sarah. I... <laughs> the sandwich guy like gets assigned to like a faraway place for work, and then they get a second sandwich guy who gets book two. And so by the time you cycle back to the last book, you get first sandwich guy so to come back. F- first sandwich guy has been um, sent to Subway Castle Towers to be a sandwich artiste. <laughs> But Rudy's trying so desperately oh, to stay I'm on track. So much. I'm sorry, why did I shouldn't give you, have given me vodka? vodka? Like, <laughs> Do you want to talk what? about kink and stuff? Or well, I was going to ask: Are you happy to talk about your personal investment in why, like these? Do you know what I mean? Look, I'm just a perv, and I like to read pervy shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll... unlike the prude I'm sitting next to. We yeah. all have our limits. No, but Crew. like for real, like are you? Yeah, no, no. I'll, yeah. I'll go You'll on. be as open as you feel like yeah. being. I'll okay. plumb the depths as far as. The okay, so show. why do you like these books? Like, do you like what's your personal stake in it? Because I like non-traditional relationships outside of books, not necessarily MMF or anything like that. Not even necessarily more than two people. Every relationship is different, but I don't. Uh, subscribe to the loving one person forever to the exclusivity of all other being the default. I think if that's what works best for you, excellent. It's not what works best for me. I don't think I'm the kind of person where I'm looking for the relationship that's going to last until I die. I'm I'm looking for the next long-term relationship, but that might not be monogamous. I don't really do casual, so it would probably involve commitment like quite a bit of commitment, but it's non-traditional in the sense that we think monogamy is traditional, but reality is monogamy is not traditional. Polyamory, I don't know that I would identify as poly, but I definitely don't identify as, I don't assume every relationship I'm going to be in is monogamous. And quite frankly, I find two guys fucking hot. It's really masculine. And despite my pretty hardcore feminist and I think toxic masculinity is just so poisonous for every single human on this earth. 
but I like super displays of masculinity. I also like super dis- displays of femininity and, you know, women being masculine. And I think that's maybe why I've fallen into the, if I'm reading queer romance, I prefer um, butcher women and studs. If I'm reading poly stuff, I do prefer a good male, male, female. And that's maybe a reflection of my relationships. And I prefer a, a dominance and submission dynamic because that's what I I'm a switch in like BDSM terms and so I tend to I don't tend to like reading women as dominant even though I can do that but that's not my kink I didn't realize that you didn't like reading female doms no because I'd rather just dominate the men myself right I think I read it and just go well that's not that's bad behavior I wouldn't let slide is it because it's badly written the ones that you've read often it is Men tend to be written as better dominance, and I don't know what that right. is. I don't know if it's because the writers themselves have experience, and the, when they're writing women as dominant, it's more tropey. Sometimes for me, it hinges on the hero that they write, like so the sub hero, and if they can't right. write him well, sort of yeah. well, if they're struggling to kind of make him well, like. If they're, they're struggling, if they're struggling to love him, um, it's whether, whether they understand whether the hero or not. Yeah. I think. Yeah, and I think um, going back to something we discussed before, I think that's why natural law was such a big deal for people, because it was a submissive hero. Yeah, yeah. and they're um, so rare, but an alpha yeah. submissive hero. Yes, yes, who was and alpha, was... which is so realistic to life. Whether you're talking about women or men. It's such, it's almost such a cliche now when you hear, oh yeah, she's so submissive in the bedroom, but you know, she's a power suit outside. And, but that is true. I wouldn't consider myself submissive in life, but I've definitely had relationships where I've taken on a more submissive role, either in the bedroom or just in the relationship. There is often guys who do that and that's how they unwind. They're super powerful and super strong outside the bedroom and that alpha, but for whatever reason, they need to give up their control to someone else. Just actually trying to find um, really solid beta heroes or like heroes who are genuinely nice alphas. Because there's a lot of, I mean, yeah. like, so Alicia Rye really struggles with the idea that people label her heroes, typically label her heroes as betas. And she's like, no, they're, they're all very solidly alphas. They just are not dickheads. Yeah, they're not assholes. We've gotten to the point where we've kind of completed the idea of alpha and beta and whatever. I haven't read all of Rai's books, but I definitely didn't read the heroes I've read as beta. No. Well, like... They're just not see you next Tuesdays. Mm. They're just not. Um, You can say cunt. I can, but I was like... Was I watching the, The Boss or something with Melissa McCarthy and Christian... Bell, and she goes, well, you're just a B-I-T-C-U-N-T. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, ah, I love it. That's but, really cute. But yeah. also, so Kat, I'm going to, look, I'm going to shame Sarah. She was like, she's like, am I allowed to swear on the podcast? I was like, well, for one, like you fucking listen to it. Um, just, surely you I, know that we swear. I don't necessarily go, oh, they're swearing. It's only when someone says on the podcast as a guest, like I listen to Query by Cameron Esposito and people are always like, can I swear? And Cameron's always like. Fuck yeah. Like, you can swear. And I listen to the podcast. I don't necessarily go, oh, Rudy just said bitch. Like, because it's just conversation. But then, and then she goes, 
I was like, well, yeah, obviously. And she goes, I don't know. I don't know what cat will allow. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel so old. Holy crap. Oh, it's just because sometimes you're a prudent, sometimes you talk dirty. Who no, knows? No, we're fine. <laughs> the only thing that we can't swear in is the title of the show. Did you read Rebecca Grace, Alan? I don't know. I'm not always good with authors. Um, she wrote The Duality Principle and something. It's like, oh, fucking hell. I'll look up my Goodreads, not that it's entirely up to date. I'm actually asking knowing that you have read her. <laughs> How do you know? a leading question. Rudy doesn't ask questions that she don't, doesn't know the answers to. It's yeah. like a pro thing that I have never actually learned. How Get to out do. of my fucking head. Rebecca Grace Allen, A-double-L-E-N. Because you mentioned her to me and I was like, oh, yeah, I read The Duality Principle. I didn't read that one. His contract? It's I don't... part of the Portland Rebels, book, uh, Rebels series. It's book two i'm pretty sure i don't have any of them. the hierarchy of needs give me a second i'm going to turn my daughter on i've been on airplane mode unlike you fuckers didn't you see me like rummaging around my bag because i was like crap i haven't put my phone on mute and like if it rings Rudy's just gonna be very you're not angry. getting her confused with rebecca witherspoon are you no who I read a lot of. Uh, like, I absolutely know who Rebecca Weatherspoon like, is. How very fucking dare you. I'm not saying you don't know who Rebecca Weatherspoon is. I'm just saying I read a lot of her and maybe evangelize and proselytize her books to everyone. There's beards, there's sex, there's fat people going to the gym and not being shamed for it. There's dominance. Series. I like the um, Sugar Baby. Yeah, Sugar Baby is also good. Yeah, so sweet as and... I also quite like how she explores that without making it so... I'm really interested in how sex work and I think a lot of people consider sugar babies as sex workers. I think she handled it really well and I'm really interested to see how that... Because, like, I like the Samantha Kane series a bit, what I've read of it, but even then the representation of the sex worker wasn't the best. Um, It wasn't terrible. At least, like, she wasn't you know, bagging her out. And then you've got your Anna Campbell Courtesan series and stuff where you're just like, that's not what prone means. Um, <laughs> I remember. I, I genuinely remember. I had no opinion on the use of prone and kind of had read it and been like, oh, she's facing the wrong way for prone. And then you, you got it really upset with it. And then suddenly I was really upset with it. And then I'm just going ruiner to look, of books. Do you know what? No, PSA. All right. I'm going to fucking clear this shit up because there are certain things that I just, I have to draw a line. Prone, easy way to remember, push-up position. Means you're laying face fucking down. You, it's like you're drowning. If you, are, if you are supine, you are laying on your back. It's like a sit-up position. By all means, write about so if, somebody being in prone position, but don't be surprised if people get angry that they're looking at the ceiling from prone position. Meanwhile. Because that's some exorcist <laughs> shit. Anna Campbell has a like a Google... Uh, alert on her name and this comes up and she's like oh fuck it's been 10 years guys <laughs> Actually, <laughs> the thing is because i distinctly remember the reason that it came to my attention in the first place was that i went to genre con the very first one that was held in Parramatta, and she was speaking on a panel and she brought up the fact that somebody had like flagged because she'd used prone wrong and she was kind of saying something to the effect of yeah. there's multiple ways and i was sitting in the front row with my dancer training and went Actually, <laughs> it is a medical term and it means this, just so you're aware. But I also this feel like that's an editing issue, right? Definitely. Because the writers can get things wrong. 
but yeah. the editors and the Someone copy editors and the proofreaders, one of them should have picked it up. Because anyway. their job is to make her look good. But yeah, Anna Campbell, her courtesans, which she's probably moved on from courtesans about 10 years ago. Oh, I don't she know, has. But... Oh, she's, cause she's self-publishing. Anyway, um, any final thoughts and feelings before we finish? So what are your favourite? Um... If you ask what are your favourite books, I'm going to smack you. MMF. I was going to say, what are your favourite That's literally what the entire podcast has been already. I know, but we've Don't only discussed a few. They're literally my favourites. Okay. Uh, and the one I hated. But you could be like, what are your favourite literary terms? You're not asking what my favourite books are then. No. <laughs> what are my favourite kinks? Well, you just have to look at my FetLife page. That's all we have time for in this episode. Huge thanks to Rudy Bremer, our tireless audio producer. You can find the show notes for episode 55 at bookthingo.com.au slash podcast. If you enjoy the show, we'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes. This helps other listeners like you find the show. And a quick shout out to Smart Bitches Trashy Books, who have compiled a list of podcasts about romance novels and book thing always listed thank you very much but also that list has some amazing podcasts in it so if you can't get enough of podcasts and romance books you should go check it out in the next episode kate cuthbert returns to the book thing podcast to talk about her reputation for dropping the c-bomb in literary festivals fair warning there will be lots of rude words In the meantime, please visit us at bookthingo.com.au and have a fabulous fortnight of reading.